Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spiegel. We're happy to welcome this week's guest to dis- discuss today's topic, which is e-commerce Achieving growth through specializing, it's nuts. Today's guest is the founder of Lark Ellen Farm. Since 2015, Lark Ellen Farm has been on a mission providing its customers with a healthier life through avoiding grains. Today, Lark Ellen Farm is a thriving e-commerce company with a product offering of sprouted granola, sprouted nuts, sprouted trail mix, and an all-new line of almond pate. A big welcome to Kelly D'Angelo. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Andy. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, you know, we're excited to have you. Now, before we begin, with full disclosure in mind, Kelly is one of my private clients that I work with through True Online Presence, and she is an amazing example of growth when specializing that I brought on today, hoping that she would share. Now, before we get into how much you've grown over the last year while we've been working together, I would love for you to tell your story of how you got started with Lark Ellen Farm. Thank you for that introduction, Andy. Well, it all happened back in 2015. I uh, was having some minor health issues and I uh, started trying to heal my body through the foods I was eating. And so I went on an elimination diet to um, eliminate a lot of the things that could be causing inflammation in my body. And through that process, I found that I was actually struggling, uh, my body was struggling with grains. And so I eliminated them completely from my diet, uh, but it caused a problem for me because I love breakfast cereals and granolas. Mm. And so I started inventing in my kitchen and um, came up with these grain-free recipes. And I started learning also about the benefits of sprouting nuts and seeds. And through this process, I created my uh, flagship granola products. Uh, They're grain-free and sprouted. And I started selling at our little local farmer's market. I would go down every day and pitch my tent and uh, start selling my products. And they were met with a great amount of success. And people started asking that they could buy them in the grocery stores. And so today we are in about 1,200 grocery stores across the country, including Whole Foods and Sprouts. And then we have this online business. One of the things that I'll mention here is that I live in a little town called Ojai. It's a small, little, beautiful valley in Southern California. And many people come on vacation here. And so they would come to the farmer's market and they would uh, buy the products and then they would go home and want them. And that's really how I got started in e-commerce. You know, I have a quick question for you. Did you uh-huh. do any, did you do any research that they, to find out if there was a market for these grainless products before you started selling or was your research really being at the farmer's markets? 
You know, I really didn't approach this from a research the market <laughs> perspective. It was more experiential. And um, it just happened to be that this whole process that I was going through coincided with the beginning of the, the whole paleo diet craze and the, the low carb craze. And so one of the uh, benefits, I suppose, of not having grains in the granola is that it's also low carb. And it met with the paleo diet, which I was following at the time. And so I was seeing that a lot, there was a lot of interest from my farmer's market clients and people that were visiting our booth in this lower carb, lower sugar uh, type of uh, product. And I think that's really where we started to see all of our organic growth. Now, so this was back in 2015. When, mm -hmm. when did you decide to put up a website and to list your products on Amazon and, and which one was first? Did you go on Amazon first or create your website? We created the website first to meet the needs of the, of the consumers that were coming to town. And um, that was in uh, early, really 2015 when we launched, we started with our website and it was in 2016 that I decided to give uh, Amazon a shot. And uh, then we started selling on Amazon at that time. And did you use an agency right away when you started launching or did you do an in-house where, how did that work as far as the advertising of those entities? I really wasn't doing any advertising for our own website in the beginning or really with Amazon, uh, it was all organic growth. It was mostly people that were looking for our brand that were ordering. But as I started to see <clears throat> success in those particular channels, then I started turning to advertising. And uh, I had found somebody locally who could do it for me, who had a team of people. And he started and, and really got the uh, groundwork laid for us selling both online and advertising online as well as on Amazon. So since 2015, how, how many different agencies have you worked with? Oh God, <laughs> I've been through five or six, maybe even seven agencies or individuals that I've used um, to try and, and successfully grow both my um, Facebook, Google, and uh Instagram, as well as uh, my online store. So that's a, an interesting point for, for those e-commerce companies just starting. Maybe you can share what were some of the downside, why you had to go through so many agencies? Well, I think that the, I guess the first piece is that I did try to do some of it on my own, but it is such a specialized part of the market and, and the uh, rules change a lot and the uh, ways to success change a lot. And I found that you really needed to have an expert, somebody that really understands their way around, uh, especially if you're competing in a competitive market. And so I would try agencies, I would get a call from a salesperson that, you know, really sounded like they knew what they were doing. And they, they promised a lot of success. And then I would end up in the agency, they would often refer me then to some, uh, to, you know, some staff. And I just never got the type of growth that I had been, you know, promised up front. And some of it were things that I had to do differently. For instance, I had to generate better content, but uh, a lot of it is that 
I just found that the agencies um, that you just kind of became part of one of their clients and that it, it wasn't uh, really that same passion and uh, of digging into the data and really figuring out where you, where they could make a difference. You know, and I've found a lot of my private clients come to me that way. And it's one of the big downfalls with a, a large agency is a lot of times the salesperson is awesome. But then once you're an account, you get to like a junior marketer who may exactly. or may not know what they're really doing and they struggle. Now, when we started together, you were selling granola and you were selling trail mix and you just introduced the sprouted nuts. How did the decision come about to, to introduce sprouted nuts? Well, we do already sprout all of the nuts and seeds in our granolas and our trail mixes. It's always been a foundation of our products. But uh, I had started to hear from a lot of customers that they were interested in buying sprouted nuts and sprouted seeds from us. And so I thought I would just test it and put these up on Amazon to see what kind of response we could could get. And very quickly, we found that our sprouted, uh, plain just sprouted nuts uh, sold better than even our flagship products. And so we determined there was a market for it. And um, there seems to be less competition uh, because sprouting nuts properly is very uh, difficult manufacturing process. And so we found that it was a really nice niche that we could uh, provide the nuts and seeds to customers who are looking for those. Now, the, the sprouted granola and the sprouted trail mix, they're both crowded fields, but not so much with the sprouted nuts. Was that one of the reasons you developed the line of product or was it after you developed the product that you discovered this? Well, it's a little bit of both. We did start looking at where we could have a niche where there wasn't a lot of competition, especially Mm -hmm. in the online world. Uh, When you look at the cost per click that you have to pay to be successful in the granola category, you're going up against companies like General Mills and Kind and Nature's Valley who have enormous ad budgets and can pay a lot for their clicks. And so when we started to really look at what we do really well, it's the sprouting and the the sprouted nuts and seeds. And that was an area where we felt we could um, have, we would pay less for those clicks and uh, we could be successful in that particular niche in the market. Now let's talk about your staff in general. Do you outsource all of your marketing and are there any other positions that are outsourced other than marketing with Lark Ellen? Uh, we uh, have a, a consultant who does our social media, uh, which is part of marketing. And then uh, this, we outsource, of course, this, uh, our advertising. Uh, and that's really it. We, we do outsource some accounting or bookkeeping um, a functionality, but uh, the rest of it is done in-house. What about product fulfillment? We do all of that in-house as well. Really? Okay. So you're shipping orders off the website just right from in-house? Right from in-house. We have our own facility here in Ojai, and we ship direct from our particular warehouse. The only exception is that on Amazon, we have two types of listings. We uh, ship some of our products through Fulfilled by Amazon, and we fulfill some through uh, what they call Seller Fulfilled, which is us shipping direct from our own warehouse. Now, what have 
What are your thoughts on selling products on your own website versus Amazon? That's a really a hot topic where, you know, Amazon's got the traffic, but you're giving up a big commission. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that when you first start selling on Amazon, it's easy to, <clears throat> it's easy to think that that is the right way to go because you can sell large volumes. But at the end of the day, you have to really understand all of the fees that are being charged and you have to be able to figure out what your true profit margin is on the Amazon business. When we first started, we were selling maybe triple what we're selling today on Amazon, but we weren't making any money. <laughs> and so we had to change our strategy so that we could make sure that it's profitable. And uh, so I think that it's harder on Amazon to control your profitability. And there's some wonderful tools out there that can help you figure that out. But it is something that you have to, you have to really consider. And it comes back to your overall uh strategy for your business. If you're just trying to grow your business so that you can acquire capital or raise capital, or you're trying to sell your business and you just want to have top line sales, you know, then of course, uh, Amazon is a great place to do that because you can really generate a large number of sales. If your goal is to operate your company profitably, <clears throat> then that's something that's a little bit harder to control on Amazon than on your own website. So we would prefer to sell on our own website. We have better margins and we feel that we can control the quality better by shipping directly from our warehouse, but it's very difficult to achieve the scale that you can when you're selling on Amazon. You made a couple of great points. We had a, another e-commerce success story last week and they made the same point of know your numbers. But with mm -hmm. Amazon, it's even more so. How much did you find the price point and needing to bundle to be able to profitably sell your products on Amazon came into the equation? Well, I think it's a <laughs> it's definitely a rookie maneuver that uh, newer brands that are, that are selling in the e-commerce world uh, that we that we tend to make and I definitely made it in the beginning was uh, wanting to sell as many of my products as possible and so offering them you know one bag but when you do the when you do the math on selling say one bag of granola and then having to ship that unless you're unless you're using it just as a customer acquisition strategy and you're going to make up the revenue in the lifetime of that customer then there's really you know no place for uh, single units or uh, small small bundles. We found that unless we were doing in excess of forty dollars on a sale, that the profitability just really it goes down, um, in both on our own store and also on Amazon. So bundling is really the only way to make good profit margins if you're offering free shipping in the e-commerce world. Now, when you sign up with Amazon, you have to have the same price for the products on your own website. Have you ever thought or tried to, to push the envelope as far as pricing and um, off the record? And when I say off the record, it's really on the record because we're recording. Have, <laughs> have, you ever been, <laughs> have you ever been tempted to do that? <laughs> well, you know, we, uh, we know that when you sign up, you have to talk about uh, price parity. Uh, and so 
and you have to commit to that. And so we did, but it's a little tricky because we sell in grocery stores too. And, you know, grocery stores are offering their own discounts on products based off of uh, discounts that we've promised to the distributors. And so there's a lot of different uh, factors. And so we did play around with our pricing a bit um, on Amazon to try to get our margins up. And they did freeze a couple of our listings. Um, And so uh, we had to, you know, get creative. And and one of the ways to get creative in this world is to bundle because, Mm. you know, where Sprouts Farmer's Market might sell our product for one price, uh, they don't sell a three pack. And so, you know, you can be more creative on a three pack or a six pack than you, you know, if if it's a one pack, it's very easy to compare the pricing there. But if, if it's a three pack, that's a different product. And so you have more price flexibility. So really understanding um, how to play in that market uh, can give you some flexibility with pricing. That's a great tip. Now, personally, as you've gone through this journey from the farmer's market to a successful e-commerce companies, has there been any business books out there or mentors that you could attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur? There's been so many, (laughs) so many, I can't even begin uh, to, uh, to say what all the ones that have influenced me. I do like this one book called Make Each Click Count by Andy Spickle. It's a a fantastic book I've heard. It's a fantastic book. It's right here on my table next to me. Um, You know, I'm reading some really nice books right now, The Leadership and the Art of Growing Up. It's called Reboot. And um, another book called Elevate, Push Beyond Your Limits and Unlock Success in Yourself and Others. But I don't find most of my inspiration from books, though I do read quite a few of them. I think most of my uh, most what's inspired me and what I've learned has been just people in my life. And I have had some wonderful mentors, both from uh, investors that um, have believed in me, as well as in, in organizations like SCORE, which is a nonprofit that helps businesses. And just along the way, I've had some really wonderful people believe in me and invest and uh, in my success and my company's success. And uh, they've been the most inspirational and taught me the most. Now, Lark Ellen Farm is a very interesting name for a company. What, what's the story behind your company name? Well, when I first started at the Ojai Farmer's Market, I was actually <laughs> under the name Ojai Granola Girl. And... Um, that's what I started as. And uh, I had tried to trademark it and found out that uh, Granola Girl was already trademarked. And so I began looking for another name. And um, I don't know if uh, you've ever tried to find a name for a company, but it's amazing when you go and you think of these things that you think are very original and then you go to trademark them, they're taken. And I think that's why a lot of food brands have, uh, you'll start noticing a lot of them use uh, the founder's name in the brand. And the mm. reason is because that's some way to really personalize it um, in, through trademarking. So anyway, we were going through rendition after rendition of names and everything was trademarked. And I call up my folks who um, live here in Ojai and we brainstorm and one day, my my dad got kind of frustrated with all the, you know, brainstorming, and he said, "Heck, why don't you just call it Lark Ellen Farm?" Because I live on a little half acre 
uh, farm uh, mm-hmm. in Ojai on a little street and it's Lark Ellen. And oh, so okay. we would call this Lark Ellen Farm. And he says, why don't you just call it Lark Ellen Farm? No one's going to have that. And so um, it just is an interesting side story. When I decided that I was going to do that, I thought, hmm, I wonder where the name Lark Ellen comes from, from my street. And so uh, I Googled it and um, learned that um, Lark Ellen was an opera singer at the turn of the century. And she had this amazing voice um, that sounded like a lark when she sang. And her name was Ellen. And so they called her Lark Ellen. What I loved about her was she was highly philanthropic. She would give her Uh, earnings from her opera singing to orphans and eventually went on to open a school in uh, Los Angeles called the Lark Ellen School for Boys, which in my research has shown was shown to be a wonderful home for orphans at that time in our history um, and a wonderful place uh, when they didn't have families where they could be raised and taken care of. And so I loved her philanthropic spirit and it seemed very fitting uh, to have that be um, an influence in the name of my company, because I think overall what my mission has always been is is to uh, be kind to ourselves uh, in the way that we eat and the way we think about ourselves, be kind to each other and be kind to the earth. And um, I feel like Lark Ellen's spirit is is in some of that in her philanthropic ways. You know, I think I read about her and I, I believe that she was on a grainless diet. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> well, it's not true. I just made it up, but it would be, uh... <laughs> be a good part of the story though, right? <laughs> it would, it would. Hey, what do you think has been the biggest reason why you've been able to grow to where you are now? Well, I think that's uh, a lot of good fortune has uh, come my way. I, um, have had a lot of lot of supportive uh, people that have that believed in me. Um, I think our quality of our products are like none other in the marketplace. And as people are understanding the connection between food and your health and the way you feel, uh, people are looking for more and more options uh, of companies that are truly uh, trying to make food the right way. And that's exactly what we do. We take a lot of extra care to sprout the nuts and seeds to make them easier on your body. We only make organic products um, and we do them, we, we make them in a very special way. And I think that really resonates with people. They feel good when they eat our products and they love the way they taste. And um, so we haven't done a tremendous amount of advertising for the amount of growth that we've had And I think it's largely because the product just resonates with people in the marketplace. And we source well, we make our own products, we hand make them. And so it's, it's not like we're a big corporation uh, just trying to, you know, pump out food. We're, we're really trying to be thoughtful about what we, what we make. Now, what is some advice that you could give to other e-commerce store owners out there if they want to grow their brand? I think you really have to understand your target market. You really have to understand what makes you unique and you have to understand how to tell that story. I believe that um, e-commerce 
a lot of what's happening with e-commerce is how well you can tell your story. And so content matters in, in with e-commerce and it's becoming more and more important. I also think you have to find, and I'm lucky enough, Andy, that I've met you, I've found somebody reputable who really understands their way around advertising and can, can really get in and help you drive the sales that you need. Uh, it just takes a very special person that really understands um, the marketplace to make sure that you get the right return on your ad spend and you're not wasting money. Yeah, no key for sure. Now, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today? I think that I just, uh, I think it's a wonderful time uh, to be uh, starting an e-commerce brand. There's so much opportunity out there and uh, so many different ways to reach consumers that people didn't have before. And so there's uh, people that are starting up their e-commerce brands and uh, and get, or getting ready to launch or, or in process of building their brand. I just want to wish them luck and uh, just tell them to continue to uh, be passionate about what they do and be determined and uh, they'll, they'll reach their success. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us today, Kelly. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, for listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding Kelly or Lark Ellen Farm, head over to www.larkellenfarm.com. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all-new podcast resource center available at makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all the different past guests by show topic and included each of the contact information in case you would like more information on any services that I've discussed during previous episodes. That's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.